It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we wrap up the show with our regular look at football in the giant continent to the north, all in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game. Evening, Paolo. Simon, Alex, how are you guys? Very good, good very good. Uh, before we get on to the Asian Champions League and the AFC Cup, uh, I guess congratulations are in order to Mitch Duke and his team in Japan who've won promotion to the J-League from J2. Yeah, it's a huge achievement. They are. I saw the other day, they're the first original club from J3 that's won promotion all the way up to, to J1, which is a great testament to the, the pyramid system that is in Japan that we're all envious of them having that a, a team that was an original club in the third division back when that started in 2011, 2012, who have now won their way up to the top division. And they've they've been the best team all season. They're eight points clear at the top of J2. They'll win that league. And, and Mitch Duke has more than played his part in that as well. I think he's got eight goals this season. So he'll get a chance to, to play J1 football again, which is fantastic for him and good for the Socceroos. Absolutely. Uh, and just looking at the ACL matches coming up this week, then Melbourne City, they've got a tough trip away. Um, they started well, four points from the opening two games, and they face Arthur Pappas's squad, uh, Buriram United, who will be themselves looking for, looking to bounce back from a late defeat to Ventfore Kofu last, uh, last game out. Mm, they will. It's a it's a tricky test this one for for City. Um, they travelled to Thailand last year when it was in the hub format. They played BG Patum, the the Thai side, couldn't get a win across them in in either of those two matches. And Buriram are at least equal, if not better than than BG, especially over the last twelve to to eighteen months. So this is going to be a a really tricky test. Um, Arthur Pappas is a, a coach that they'll know well. He has them incredibly well drilled. As you said, they suffered that. 90th minute defeat to to Kofu in the last game. They probably should have walked away from that with at least a draw, if not all three points. So watch that game, and they're probably the better side on the night. They just didn't take their their chances, um, and and Kofu struck late. So it's it's a kind of it's a must win for both games because I think these two back to back games they have one obviously in Thailand and again in in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time will probably go a long way to deciding who finishes top of this group. And, of course, it's only top of the group that automatically uh, progresses some second-place sides will. So this is a, a tricky little encounter because they're also very difficult to beat at home, uh, Buriram, in, in the Champions League. They've knocked off the likes of John Book and Cerezo Osaka before. So this will be a little tricky challenge for City. I'm keen to see how they get on. Uh, now, Paolo, in the Western zone, some of the games have been played already this week. Uh, not a good night for Des Buckingham, another familiar face to uh, A-League fans who's... Uh, Mumbai City team were routed by Al-Halal, for whom Alexander Mitrovic scored a hat-trick. And I guess my question is, uh, we're all awaiting uh, the, the great rise of Indian football, given the investment. Does this suggest that they're still some way off, or is this just a case of them running up against one of the continent's heavyweights? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B in that, I think. I, I, they are still a long way off what we would consider to be the elite standard of, of Asia and Asian football. And that was on full display last night against Al-Halal, who are just one of the best teams in Asia. They've done that to teams even more accomplished than than Mumbai City. Look what they did to Al-Dahail in the semifinals last season. So it's just that, and, and when you look at the investment they've got as well, a lot of the focus and attention has been on a name like Neymar, and understandably so, and tragic that he did 
his ACL because I know Mumbai in particular were super excited to draw Al Halal and have someone like Neymar come and play in India. That's not going to be the case. But I think what we're seeing throughout this season and the way it's progressing is that uh, Alexander Mitrovic is the key signing for Al Halal this season and probably why they worked so hard to prize him away from Fulham who didn't want to let him go. He scored 11 goals in 11 games for them so far this season, a hat-trick again last night. And he's in imperious form. He scored, I think, for, for Serbia as well um, in, in recent matches. So um, he is in remarkable form. And they're going to be hard to beat again for the title, Al-Halal, when you look at the form they're producing. They're undefeated in the Saudi League. They're flying in the Champions League. Um, the only down point this season has been that injury to Neymar, but it looks like they're going to skip on without a beat. Uh, there is another big game tomorrow, Uroa Red Diamonds and, and Pohang um, in a big match that could decide the group. But in looking at the AFC Cup, what sort of a test uh, awaits MacArthur? Um, as I understand, the game won't be played at, at the uh, the newly rebuilt stadium that they were expecting to play. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, they have rebuilt the RSN Stadium, as they call it, beautifully compact, sort of five or 6,000 seat capacity stadium um, that has been rebuilt to AFC specs, but for, for some reason, it's just not ready to to play this game. So they're going to play it at the 50,000 capacity Olympic stadium, which is a little bit of a shame because there probably won't be that many fans there. So um, it'll be an interesting test. I mean, the, I think the test in these cases that we're going to see in the AFC cup is the test of how these teams travel, because on paper, it's a pretty straightforward um situation for for MacArthur but when you throw in the intangibles of travel fatigue the conditions in Cambodia Southeast Asia perhaps the pitch is bumpy um, that the humidity and the heat that you can get that makes it all for a little bit more of a challenging experience we saw Central Coast come up against that when they played um, Terengganu in in Malaysia a few weeks ago on paper again that looked like an, an easier result but the the travel is the the tricky factor in in these competitions it should be on paper Pretty straightforward, but that's never the case. I'll throw a few names at you to watch as well. Uh, Yudai Ogawa is a Japanese midfielder who's just recently been naturalised for Cambodia, made his international debut in their World Cup qualifier last week. And a, a young striker, Limpy Soth, who impressed at the, I always want to call it the Suzuki Cup, but the Mitsubishi Electric Cup <laughs> last year. He was um, a, a standout for, for Cambodia in that tournament. So just a couple of names to watch tomorrow night. And a little bit of interesting uh, trivia for you in terms of that stadium they're going to play. Australia played two World Cup qualifiers at that Olympic Stadium in uh, Cambodia in 1965 against North Korea and lost them both. Uh, big game for the Central Coast Mariners, uh, Paul, as they host Bali United, current group leaders, but uh, having a bit of a mixed campaign in the Indonesian Liga 1 or Liga 1. Don't know how they say it. <laughs> they they are. Um, they've They've Return to form somewhat a little bit over the, the last couple of weeks. They're undefeated now in their their last six, but they do sit sixth on the table at the moment. They're only a couple of points off uh, top spot, but they won back-to-back titles a couple of years ago and looked like they might go on and dominate Indonesian football for a little bit. They finished fifth last year and, as I said, finished uh, sitting sixth uh, at, the, at this stage of the campaign. I think... The one that most people are looking forward to is the away leg when Central Coast travel to uh, to Bali. It'd be interesting to see how many fans took the opportunity to uh, <laughs> to get over there and and watch that. Um, and and it'll be an interesting test that one as well. Hopefully, a big crowd turns out for it. They have 
incredible set of fans. Dubali United don't always, unfortunately, turn up for uh, for these Asian games, but hopefully they do. Uh, and another one to watch um, from a Socceroos perspective as well. Uh, Mohamed Rashid plays for Bali United, who's a Palestinian international and almost certainly will be in their squad for World Cup qualifiers next month, assuming that match does actually go ahead. So perhaps a little bit of a preview of sorts for Graham Arnold and co if they're watching. And just on that game between Palestine and, and Australia, I mean, we spoke last week and, and thought that it was going to be in Algeria. Um, that doesn't seem likely now. Malaysia have offered to stage the game. Um, I mean, is that the likely outcome now? Who knows, to be perfectly honest. I did see that Malaysia have put their hand up. Um, the Deputy Sports Minister offered to host the game at the uh, Kuala Lumpur Stadium. Um, and, of course, Malaysia have stepped up um, and, and helped teams from from that part of the world in the past. Of course, Syria hosted their 2018 campaign in uh, in that part of the world. In Malacca, I think you might have even been there when yep. Australia played that game, Simon, yep. I think. Um, so it, it, there is there is precedent for that to to happen. I'd still be surprised if it's not staged somewhere in the Middle East, just because it's going to be more convenient for, for Palestine and it is their home game. But, I mean, who knows even at this stage if that match is, is going to go ahead even. Um, uh, at least probably half of the Palestinian squad is domestic-based um, and it's going to be incredibly difficult and challenging for those players to, to focus on anything um, outside of, of what's happening in that region at the moment. So um, hopefully the match does go ahead. As for where it's going to be played, hopefully we'll find out in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to have to be by tomorrow, as in Wednesday. They have to nominate a country by then, according to the AFC. Uh, final question, talking of the AFC, uh, they're reporting 150,000 tickets have already been sold for the Asian Cup in Qatar. Now, I must admit, when I read that, I thought, hmm, that's interesting, because Asian Cup matches, well, certainly in 2011, the last time we were there for that competition, and most of the stadiums, apart from when the host nation were playing, were, were pretty empty. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, it, it caught my attention too, and it sounds like a... A big number, um, but when you consider the the capacity of the stadiums, it's mm. probably only two or three full stadiums um, out of the however many matches that there's going to be. I mean, naturally, you would expect a lot of fans from Saudi Arabia and some from the the neighbouring countries to to come in as well. So perhaps it's not a surprise that they have sold um, that many tickets. Hopefully, they sell a lot more. Hopefully, we can you know be talking about three four hundred thousand tickets sold because as you know. We saw it, as you said, in 2011, even the, the 2019 Asian Cup um, had some good crowds, but some sparse crowds at the same time. So hopefully there is a decent uh, number of tickets sold and decent atmospheres at these games because unlike 2011, they're going to be played in big stadiums. So you're going to need big crowds to make it look uh, half decent. Absolutely. Uh, Paolo, we'll leave it there. Thanks, mate. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys.